welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. You can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sandula, and I use she, they pronouns. Hi, my name is Claire, and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Corky Kenobi. And welcome to episode three of our series, Countdown to Kenobi, a series in which we remind you all of the canonical things you need to know about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi before the Kenobi series comes out on Disney Plus on May 27th. Uh, If you've been listening along the past couple of weeks, you know that we are at the point in the timeline where Obi-Wan's, in Obi-Wan's life, where things are about to get really bad for our beloved Jedi Master. Your obligatory uh, spoiler warning, we will be covering the Clone Wars Season 7, Revenge of the Sith, uh, the Legends Revenge of the Sith novelization, because Claire won't be able to go five minutes without quoting it, uh, and the Ahsoka novel, um, also probably going to (laughs) be talked about by Claire. (laughs) It's going to be a great day for me on this podcast. (laughs) There will be mentions of Bail Organa via Claire's unhealthy obsession, and I will be most likely speaking on the Madeline Miller equivalent, controversial, and definitely non-canonical homosexual, (gasps) I just said heterosexual. (gasps) You're done. The homosexual relationship between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Commander Cody. Uh, If I could speak, it would be so wonderful. I'm literally reading it. It's right in front of me anyways. Gay military husbands are my favorite trope in Star Wars. And you might be thinking, Sage, how could there be enough gay military husbands in Star Wars for it to be considered a trope? And to that, my answer is ask Timothy Zahn. Anyways, let's get to it. The year is 19. BBY Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi has acted as a general in the galaxy-wide war known as the Clone Wars. For the past three years, Obi-Wan has... Uh, been in command of the 212th attack battalion fighting the evil that the republic believes uh, is caused by the sith lord count dooku and his confederate confederacy of independent systems though as the audience we know that the republic is in its flop era because of the absolutely vile sith lord darth sidious an evil plan is about to come to fruition, and Obi-Wan's life is about to hit the fan. All right, so I guess starting chronologically, first of all, shout out to that four-hour Revenge of the Sith supercut. I don't know who originally made that, but like, my hero. It has, what does it have? Obviously Revenge of the Sith. It has all the deleted scenes. It has the Siege of Mandalore. I feel like there might be more, but whatever. The point is it has everything in this little time period chronologically thank god because we evidently have a struggle with doing things chronologically um but that was actually really helpful so shout out to whoever made that i don't know but i just have some like sketchy google drive link to it so me too (laughs) it's a whole lot of damage too yeah it's really sad it's just four hours of pain not being okay like actually the first time i watched it because i like I've said, literally every single episode of this podcast, um, I did watch all of Star Wars in chronological order, including Clone Wars. And when I when I went to go watch Revenge of the Sith, I watched the first two episodes of the Siege of Mandalore 
and then Revenge of the Sith and then the last two episodes all in one sitting. Oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, not to be like mentally ill on Maine. I did lie in bed for six days and did not leave my room for six days. I didn't do anything. Um, thank God this was during like quarantine. So I didn't actually have to do anything. We could not get away with that now. But it was a it was a nightmare, to be honest. This era of Star Wars, aka like Order 66 era, horrible, horrible time, both for me and for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, but kind of like starting with season seven, the Clone Wars, it's like the very end of the war, right? And uh, we just get the best Cody One moment. No, I was literally about to say, like, <laughs> this is the Cody One moment. Like above really all else. Is not is. <laughs> anyways, what planet are they even on? <laughs> um, I think it's your I think it's the Battle of Urbana is where we start. Okay. Well, obviously I wasn't paying attention. Well, they're fighting and then there's a missile and then it's going to hit Cody. And then we get Obi-Wan Kenobi slicing it down with his lightsaber. Oh my God, Elzar man moment. Um, And then... (laughs) No, why do we have to do that? (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, And then... Uh, have you seen the edits that someone did <laughs> to, to that scene with the songs like I need a hero probably <laughs> you know I've seen so many edits of that like two second <laughs> clip it is so I can't think of it any other way now um, but yeah and then he like looks back at Cody and then Cody's like general I literally swear people. they're in love anyways we'll get to that later because some um, more information about the Kenobi series has come out uh in the time between last week and this week and by that I mean the entire trailer dropped on May 4th however going in chronological order of course we get that and then uh, Obi-Wan um and Anakin get called back to uh because there's a message for Anakin from none other than than Ahsoka Tano this is actually the first time that Ahsoka uses the like fulcrum lo- thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and um, I just thought that was cute because this is Fulcrum Transmissions podcast. Anyways, uh, yeah. And then Ahsoka is like, hi, master to Anakin, but we don't really care about Anakin here. Um, it's really, it's really just like, I can't imagine being Obi-Wan Kenobi and we talked about this last week about how he like didn't stand up for Ahsoka when she got kicked out of the order and then like seeing her oh maybe I'll cry maybe I'll cry this early anyways so then Ahsoka shows up and Anakin's like oh my god Ahsoka I'm so glad to see you and she's like not now I'm busy girl boss as she should um she's also working with Bo-Katan at this point so true for anyway I'm not going to talk about Bo-Katan because that doesn't have anything to do with Obi-Wan except it actually kind of does actually because this is the episode where Bo-Katan is like you're really just going to like turn your back on Mandalore when we need you and then she brings up Satine and she says the like I thought she meant something to you line to Obi-Wan that Bo-Katan haters just love to bring up all the time really? and I'm like guys love that line. we can't they really do it's every single time they're like but remember that time that she said this to Obi-Wan? And I'm like, okay, and okay. she's mean. 
cry she's about mean. it. She's trying to get her home back. I would be mean too. Anyways, yes, that line was uncalled for. However, isn't there truth to it? Isn't there truth to it? I feel like if I was a Mandalorian, okay, controversial opinion incoming. If if I was a Mandalorian like Bo-Katan, who wanted to take back Mandalore from this ex-Sith Lord, Darth Maul, uh, who literally killed my sister, I'd be a little mean to Obi-Wan. I'd yeah. be a little mean to Obi-Wan. I'd be like, mm, weren't you the one who's trying to, I don't know, save my sister and kind of failed? Not that it was Obi-Wan's fault, obviously it was Maul's fault, but um, I'd be a little salty. If yeah, I was- also we know that Bo-Katan just like canonically doesn't like force users in general, so the fact that she even reached, anyway... I'm not going to start talking about Bo-Katan. We already had a whole episode on her, so I will stop. But after that is when Ahsoka is like, this is right before they decide to like divide up the 501st and send half of them with Rex and Ahsoka and the other half go with Anakin and Obi-Wan back to Coruscant because they're being called to go rescue Chancellor Palpatine, who has been kidnapped by General Grievous. Um, But before they go... And or Ahsoka and Obi-Wan get into this little argument where where Obi-Wan's like, hey, we have to go and like help the Chancellor. And Ahsoka's like, so you're just gonna abandon Mandalore, basically. And like you're just gonna leave the Mandalorians to fend for themselves. And Obi-Wan's like, well, it's the Chancellor, and like this is our duty, and blah, 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 blah. And Ahsoka's like, I think you're just playing politics, actually, is what you're doing. And I'm like, so true, girly. Um, and also I think it's funny because Anakin is just like standing there. He's like, anyway, yeah. I do not want to get involved in this debate, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ahsoka's like girl bossing around and Obi-Wan's like, mm, maybe she has some points, but like, unfortunately, I do have to do my job. So they leave and go back to Coruscant to go rescue Palpatine. And this is where we get into Revenge of the Sith. The opening of Revenge of the Sith what a, how great is that when we just get Anakin and Obi-Wan just like hanging out being themselves this is also one of my favorite like scenes in terms of their relationship because it's just very like they have this very like playful banter they just kind of are like like they're doing their job and they're doing it well but they're also like having a good time with each other which is something that we don't often see especially in this era because of everything that's going on a lot of master and apprentice relationships by this point were like very like strict not as like casual as we see the two of them being in this scene um and then they go to rescue Palpatine this is also when Anakin meets Grievous for the first time which I think is very <laughs> funny but that's <laughs> beside the point remember remember when so they hard. literally made seven seasons of the Clone Wars and you had to make sure that Anakin and Grievous didn't meet each other just because that I respect one that so much for them they really were like this line will hold up I don't even care yeah. like the lengths to which they went to have like excuses they came up with for Anakin to never be in the same room as Grievous it's so funny to me <laughs> then what happens they meet Grievous they rescue Palpatine Anakin kills Dooku but Obi-Wan is like unconscious for most of this so there's also a little moment where Palpatine's like just leave him we don't have time about Obi-Wan and Anakin's like absolutely not and like carries Obi-Wan on his back out of there so true yeah Anakin I love their relationship actually (laughs) kind of (laughs) like this I think that they like like you were saying about their like playful relationship I really liked how um they like made sure to like 
put that in the movie and to be like, hey guys, hey audience, they actually are really close because yeah, we talk about them being brothers a lot, which they are, but like, this is where we get to see that, especially if you didn't watch the Clone Wars. Um, and because if if we didn't have that established that Obi-Wan and Anakin were so close and that they just like fought in the Clone Wars together, which is all we really got from um, A New Hope. Uh, but, you know, it makes the like ending so much more sad. You know, it makes like the fact that all Obi-Wan did was try to tried to help Anakin and teach him everything that he knew um, and then failed in doing so. Not his fault, not his fault. Except, mm, remember when the Kenobi trailer came out the other day and he was like, he as an Obi-Wan was like, well, when the time comes, I have to train Luke. And Owen was like, mm, like you trained his father? You know what? Uncle Owen, you're not incredibly wrong, but it was kind of out of pocket. There aren't even pockets deep enough for that. Like that was just, it's on the ground actually. Um, yeah, that was rude. And I did, I did have a meltdown. That trailer also came out at 5.45 in the morning for me. And I was up, I had to go to work, but yeah. And then I had to like live out the rest of the day after hearing that. Not good for me. Not good for me. But yeah, that is, you know, it starts here. It starts in this scene where they're like super having a good time. Also, not to talk about Anakin on the Obi-Wan podcast, but that little scene where Obi-Wan's like, mm, why is R2 like not doing things? And Anakin's like, don't talk about him that way. Get his name out of your mouth. So true of you, Anakin. Like, honestly, never thought I'd be saying that, but I did. And I don't take it back. Yeah, Obi-Wan's kind of unconscious for a lot of that, so he's not up to very much. Um, but then they get back to Coruscant. Yeah, it's so true. That man is so sleep-deprived. Poor Obi-Wan. Anyway, when they get back to Coruscant, um, this is when things start to go downhill for everyone. I was about to say for Obi-Wan and Anakin, but, like, just for everyone, actually. Um, but more specifically, like, this is when... Oh, Anakin's relationship with the council starts to go downhill but by extension of that his relationship with Obi-Wan kind of starts to fracture because they're asking him to like spy on Palpatine essentially and he's like this man has been like a mentor to me a close friend like someone he thinks he can trust and now he's being asked to like betray that trust and report that back to the council and he feels conflicted about this which is where we also get a really great scene in the Clone Wars too, in the Siege of Mandalore, where Obi-Wan tells Ahsoka that Anakin is being asked to do this. And Ahsoka's like, I don't think he's going to be too happy about that. And Obi-Wan's like, no, he is not, actually. After the last time we see in chronological order is um, Obi-Wan talking to Ahsoka in the, the Siege of Mandalore arc of the Clone Wars. And that's um, sad. Anyways, that I think is the last time that they ever talk to each other. Uh, and then they never see each other again. Actually, maybe the Kenobi series can pull through for me with that. However, I don't think it will. Um, I do think, however, the next part that uh, Obi-Wan has uh, in this timeline is sad because he says like, oh, you're spying on the Chancellor, Anakin. I'm going to Utapau because General Grievous was seen there. So then 
he and Anakin have this conversation and he's like, I'm proud of you, Anakin. Like you are my brother and I love you and all this stuff. And they're super adorable. And as the audience, you're like, oh no, he's Darth Vader. Girl, run, girl, run. And then he gets on the negotiator. Do you know how much money I would pay to live on the, the negotiator? I would pay thousands. Anyways, um, uh, he goes on the negotiator and then they're in the air and he's talking to Commander Cody. And they have a little conversation, a little tactical plan thing like, oh, I'm going to go first and you guys better be close behind because if, you know, she hits the fan, I, we, I need backup. Um, but I'm going to go try and see where Grievous is first. And then he's like, Cody, you better be there. And Cody says, when have I ever let you down? Maybe I'll die. Maybe I'll just bleed out right now from my heart. Um, because it's really sad. Because the next time they, like, you know, see each other, Cody literally lets Obi-Wan down. Like, from a cliff. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so now they're on Utapau, Um, And Obi-Wan fights Grievous. Oh, this is when we get the hello there which I'm like okay not to be like if he said that in the Kenobi series I would freak out and be a fanboy but like a little bit I would like a little bit (laughs) (laughs) like so iconic of him and I think it would be funny anyway he fights Grievous which is so iconic and so Yasin's lay of him um and also Grievous is stinky and I hate him and I'm glad that Obi-Wan beats him anyway Sorry, I'm getting so off topic. He and then, Grievous in and the then the movie ends, actually. actually. You're so right. You're so right. Roll the credits. Um, I wish, I do wish, you know, we all need a little re- revisionist history in our lives. However, that didn't happen. Uh, and the 212th Attack Battalion comes in uh, to save the day. You know, I love them so much. Everyone's like, okay. Here's my controversial opinion of the week. Everyone's always like, mm, the 501st, the 501st. And I'm like, but the 212, they like had such a better success rate than the, than the 501st. Anyways, there's like a whole load of things that happen in between. Oh, not for Obi-Wan, I guess. Order 66. Yeah, he's, he's really not in this movie enough. It's so much about Anakin. And I'm like, ugh, just kidding. I know why I it's about Anakin, but Mm, it's okay we get an entire series I was gonna say we get an entire series that's not about Anakin but that's probably not even gonna be true at least as Vader he's like not insufferable yeah <laughs> I so love sorry, having a Star Wars podcast where we hate Anakin Skywalker and yeah. like don't talk about him yeah you know what so true of us he really really when you think about it like what did he ever what did do? he do other than be a fascist and like murder billions of people Okay, you know what? I'm actually going to be the worst right now and talk about something that I've talked about on this podcast before. I know I have, but there's like one line in it that it is relevant to Obi-Wan. Okay. Um, and it's a deleted scene. Everyone should go watch it though. Um, just look up Revenge of the Sith deleted scenes and watch them all actually, but specifically the ones about the delegation of 2000. And there's a scene where it's like the second or third meeting that they have. And Padme is like, I think that like, if we're going to go against the Chancellor, we're going to want the support of the Jedi. And some of the other senators are like, mm, we don't really know if we can trust the Jedi. And Padme is like, there's one I trust and we should tell him. And I'm like, now I know you're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
And then they decide not to tell him. But yeah, I just love that scene because first of all, it's interesting to see that like the how the senators view the Jedi as like they don't know if they can trust them to go against the Chancellor, whereas the Jedi feel the same way about the senators. They're like, we need to make sure Palpatine's not doing anything sketchy, but not let anyone in the Senate know because we don't know if we can trust them. And I'm like, if Padme if Padme had just, well, if the other senators had been like, yeah, sure, you can tell this one Jedi, Padme walks up to Obi-Wan and is like, hey, um, actually Palpatine maybe like is trying to get rid of democracy and like, I almost just said start fascism. That's not really proper grammar, but you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then Obi-Wan could have been like, that's crazy because we, the Jedi Council also don't trust Palpatine and think that he needs to get out of office and then they could have like worked together but unfortunately that did not happen um but the important thing is that Padme trusts Obi-Wan and I think that we should have gotten more of the two of them interacting my controversial opinion of the week I feel like we talked about this on the podcast before but I do I ship Obi-Wan and Padme more than Anakin and Padme I love um Obi-Wan and Padme. I really do. Uh, I actually think that they (laughs) would have made such a great couple, but I digress. Anyways, uh, about their relationship, though, I think that Padme just like trusting Obi-Wan because when you think about it, he did like have a hand in saving her life and saving her people and her planet. Uh, And that just like doesn't go away. Right. So when they meet again, um, in Attack of the Clones, and she's like, oh, Obi-Wan, so good to see you again, and then she sees Anakin, uh, but it's cute, it's so cute, and I love them, uh, but it just kind of, when you think about it, maybe it's a little sad, because he's also, like, there when she dies, then when you think about the fact that, like, Obi-Wan has, is devoting the next 20 years of his life to, watching over her child I did not want to cry on the podcast today that's so sad though because really it's like yes he's making a promise to the light side of the force right he's like I need to keep the peace and this this kid is my is my only hope now and then he's also making a promise to Anakin not Vader but Anakin this is like what's left of him and this is all the good parts of Anakin um who is like his brother and then there's Padme who he's there when she dies when she says there's still good in him he's like obviously feels obligated but I think too they're just like he's just mourning her and I hope that we get a little bit of that in the Kenobi series because their relationship was important it's not just you know Anakin and Obi-Wan or Anakin and Padme Obi-Wan cared about people too that's my thesis of today Obi-Wan cared about people too and if the Kenobi series doesn't bring it up I'm going to become a violent person not to get off topic like right away but some information has been released uh and by that I mean Ewan McGregor said on Jimmy Kimmel that um Deborah Chow the director of this Obi-Wan series it knows knows her stuff she knows And then he said, if something happened in a Star Wars video game, it'll be brought up in this this series. Hmm. Wonder what that could be about. Wonder what that could be about. Uh, Miss Trillicidary, 
I'm so sorry that they killed you. Spoilers for Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, but, you know, what if she and Reva, who is, is known as the third sister, we found that out yesterday too. Uh, what if they were girlfriends? What if they were girlfriends? I hope that Reva doesn't, like, die. I already know she's a girl boss. I knew from the second they said her character, but especially after this most recent trailer. When she's doing the Obi Annie in the trailer. Ah, so true. Heart palpitations. Okay, well, yes, I know that Vader, like, did canonically train some of the Inquisitors, like, so it makes sense. But also, that was kind of cute. That's kind of cute. I'm just I just think someone on Twitter about... be like, no, you go ahead. Okay. I was thinking about, like, when in the trailer she is, like, yelling and she's like, you can't run Obi-Wan. And I'm like, interesting that you will call him Obi-Wan and not Kenobi. Like, I'm... everyone else does. That's Isn't that weird? <laughs> I do think it's weird. And also, I hope that she was a Jedi. Me too. Yes, most of them were, but not all of them. Like, the Grand Inquisitor was not a Jedi. Was just a temple guard. I hope that she was a Jedi. I hope that she knew Obi-Wan because when you think about it, we were talking about this last week, Obi-Wan and Anakin were like the face of this war. Everyone knew who they were. They were pretty much like celebrities in the galaxy. It would make sense that like the Jedi who, the Inquisitors who were Jedi would know Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wow. Maybe I'll just cry. That's so sad. I, yeah. I hope she was a Jedi. If we get like not necessarily flashbacks, but at least like her backstory in some capacity. Yeah. But yeah, if she knew Obi Wan, like, her and Trilla being girlfriends, that would be nice. Like I don't even just I like I would settle for a mention, <laughs> but like I want to see it. Put the gaze on the screen, please. I need it. I'm sorry, we're getting so off topic. Let's get back to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Anyway, Revenge of the Sith. What a film. Order sixty six. I'm like, I was literally about to say, I don't want to talk about Order 66. (laughs) Uh, Order 66, what a horrible time for the Jedi, but more horrible for me personally watching it. (laughs) I'm kidding. Like, I know the Jedi went through a lot, but like, what about me? But like, I I cried, but like, I cried when I watched it. I cry every time. Or any Order 66, anything pops up. I'm going to start crying right now, actually, thinking about it. Um, but I do think that Obi-Wan, Order 66, Order 66 through Obi-Wan's eyes <laughs> was so sad, and I skip it. I literally will skip it when I'm watching Revenge of the Sith, because, no, thank you. What happens is he 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 defeats Grievous. Super awesome. You're doing so great. Uh, and then he goes up to Commander Cody, and Commander Cody's like, I think you dropped this, and it's his lightsaber. Should I go on my little, your lightsaber is your life tangent now? Maybe I will. So, so actually, we know that Anakin, or Obi-Wan says to Anakin, your lightsaber is your life. So true, so true. He says in Attack of the Clones, I think, and maybe once in the Clone Wars. But um, I can't do it. I literally can't do it. Um, But Obi-Wan is such a hypocrite, right? Because he literally drops his lightsaber all the time. All the time. Um, And who always picks it up? Cody. It's always Cody who picks up his lightsaber and gives it back to him. So Cody is literally giving back 
Obi-Wan's symbolical life uh, to him every time he drops it because Obi-Wan is kind of careless uh, when it comes to his own safety. Not everyone else's though, which I think is really interesting, but I digress. Anyways, uh, back to Order 66. Maybe they're in love. Uh, he hands Obi-Wan his lightsaber. Obi-Wan is on the Varactyl and he leaves for some reason. I don't remember why. Um, and then Cody's little hollow thing, his little calm link buzzes and Palpatine shows up on it. Disgusting, vile man. And he says, the time has come. Commander Cody, the time has come. Execute Order 66. Literally terrifying. Literally in my nightmares. Cody says, yes, sir. And then he says, blast him. And then the, the 212th attack battalion literally blasts Obi-Wan out of the sky, letting him down. Literally. After Cody said, when have I ever let you down? traumatizing literally traumatizing um yeah order 66 like you said literally the most traumatic thing i think i have ever watched um and this little like montage that we get of like the jedi being killed by their commanders but like when you look at it through the lens of obi-wan it's like his friends people he's grown up around people he's known his whole life being killed by other people that he has fought side by side with for years like not necessarily like he hasn't worked personally with every single clone obviously but like he trusts the clones because he trusts his own battalion and so like all these jedi are being killed by the people that they have trusted um and then obviously obi-wan lives thank god but also it's not great for him because pretty much everyone he knows is dead except for quinlan Voss. so true so true quinlan Voss. I know you're out there. Anyway, um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Something about Obi-Wan. Oh, and also they like, they don't know really the extent of like what has happened. Like they don't know why the clones did this. All they know is that they were all betrayed. Um, he ends up, he ends up escaping. He survives um, and he goes back to Coruscant where he meets Bail Organa and also Yoda is there, but I don't really care. Bill Organa is there and that's what really matters. <laughs> so I'm so sorry, Yoda. Anyway, I just would like to take the time to think about the fact that Bail Organa is one of only a few people who knows that Obi-Wan is alive and knows where he is. Do you think, I know you, I know you stand Bail and Briar, obviously, but, but do, do I think, think that Bail and Obi-Wan kissed on the mouth? Yeah, yeah. I think they did. Okay, me too. I think maybe Obi-Wan made some trips to Alderaan. I think maybe they were a polycule. Anyway, do you think, this is so off topic, do you think that Obi-Wan and Owen explored each other's bodies? Uh, what if I get <laughs> up and leave? What if I get up and leave? Um, I like, I like messy exes, Obi-Wan and Owen. Uh, You're so and- right about that. <laughs> And that's where that come that that little that little comment came from in the Kenobi trailer. <laughs> Obi Wan's like, I'm gonna let this one slide because I know that we had a messy breakup. But yeah. Um, anyway, off topic. Um, yeah, I do think that Bale and Obi Wan maybe kissed on the mouth. Okay, the fact that both of them have a part in the Ahsoka novel where they're each thinking about the other. It's okay. So okay. Johnson, we see you. We know what you're doing. <laughs> But yeah, they go back to Coruscant. Also, this is where we get, we see the actual message in Rebels, how Obi-Wan records this message about how like, I know, it's so sad. It's so sad. 
also the fact that we get to see Kane and Jarris of all people watching it I can't do it actually if we have any like voiceover of that message I in the Kenobi like series I'll literally turn the TV off I will literally turn my television off and leave the fandom and that'll be it <laughs> um but the extent oh my god wait oh no if I move my holocron all my books are gonna fall over I have mine okay thank god I was like I want to get it but literally it's holding up like 20 books right now I have the white crystal the one that plays Ahsoka's message this is master Obi-Wan Kenobi I regret to report that both our Jedi order and the Republic have fallen with the dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place this message is a warning and a reminder for any surviving Jedi trust in the force do not return to the temple that time has passed and our future is uncertain is that it okay so like what i'm realizing now is that the kenobi series is literally going to rip my heart out and stomp on it i'm literally gonna cry um so i have two theories as to <laughs> they're not theories they're not actually one of them is a theory as to how the kenobi show is going to open one it's going to be you and mcgregor with saying that and it just oh my god i would literally that's, like that is the the like title sequence where the logos are and all that and it's like that is what's going over and, and then when it ends is when the actual thing starts playing like the show starts playing and it's obi-wan looking at luke um <laughs> no but it it works but it like works. would i that would be that would be so good but like at what cost the cost is three thousand dollars for the ambulance that would have to take me from my house to the hospital that cost is several years worth of therapy bills that i would be receiving after watching that the hundred thousand dollar medical bill that shows up in the mail <laughs> days later. i wonder what our like non-american friends are thinking about that because this that's real <laughs> anyway yeah. sorry um or or number two number three number two um it's so stupid but i thought of it yesterday it's it's uh it's two jedi padawans sneaking off in the coruscant temple um when order 66 happens and the two padawans wow i wonder who it's gonna be it's trilla and reva <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be perfect and then it, and then it like flashes forward right to the timeline and then reva's like an inquisitor but Trilla's yeah, but dead. if it did start with Padawan Reva, imagine that would be so Why good. Can't anyway. I just want it. I just want Padawan. I just want more stories of the Inquisitors and yeah. their backstory, their Padawan history. Give me a Trilla Sidori Padawan novel right now. Okay, we're getting soft topic. Back to sixty six. Um, you know what? I'm just thinking about how Obi Wan was when he found out that it wasn't just his clones right there was that moment where he, he's like searching through the hollow net or whatever and he's like oh well this is going on everywhere uh that sucks he doesn't really know where anakin is he he knows anakin's on coruscant but um where the shot guard is maybe i have feelings about the shot guard um but he also must be thinking about the other captain that he is close with Captain Rex uh, and who he is with in that moment. He is with Ahsoka Tano, who, as we have uh, established on this podcast, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka were very close 
and we don't see it a lot, but we can we can see context clues as to how close they were. So that's terrifying and incredibly sad to think about. Obi-Wan being like, wow, not only are like my close friends who I grew up with probably dead uh, at the hands of these people who we trusted, who we made bonds with, who we maybe fell in love with, uh, and and also I don't know where my Padawan is and I also don't know where my literal daughter is. Mm, I know you haven't played The Last of Us, but <laughs> but um, I'm just thinking about how Obi-Wan Kenobi and Joel from The Last of Us are very similar people uh, and how Pedro Pascal is also playing Joel in The Last of Us HBO series. I'm so sorry that was so off topic. I just had to bring it up because it is in my mind all the time. Um, there's going to be one person who listens to this podcast who knows what I'm talking about, and that is Noah. Um, hey, Noah. Hey, bestie. But I mean, anyone else is going to be like, can you can you s- stop letting Sage talk on the podcast, Claire? I started talking about Bail Organa, and then I got distracted. That always kind of happens, though. Um, but yeah, Bail Organa is like, slay I guess like everyone's kind of dying and our chancellor is evil and this is also this isn't really related to Obi-Wan but I want to bring it up because it's my favorite line in all of Star Wars where Palpatine's giving his like stupid hello the we're the empire speech that's exactly that's actually a direct quote he says hello (laughs) we're the empire um (laughs) and Padme and Bail Organa are watching this like Mm, this is no good this is really no good and Padme says so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause chills chills um back to Obi-Wan Kenobi because that's what we're here to talk about um Mm -hmm. so now they're back at the temple and him and Yoda are like trying to figure out what's going on um and they find all the younglings have been killed and they're like hmm these are not blaster wounds these are from a lightsaber and obi-wan's probably like anakin might be dead but also what if he did this what if he did this because i know obi-wan personally actually um and i know that his mind would always go to like to anything that he could perceive as a failure of his own that's what he's going to perceive it as so like anakin's whole fall he blames himself for that um which is really sad and this actually does get brought up in the Ahsoka novel in that one chapter that's about Obi-Wan where he's like like go he's replaying the events of what happened like Padme's death Anakin's death quote-unquote um and he's like all these failures because he's like I personally failed these people that I was supposed to protect um and something that we've talked about in like all of our Obi-Wan episodes is that every person he loses he feels partially responsible for it especially just like because of the circumstances of the ways that he has lost people like doesn't help that feeling for him but he they find out that Anakin has turned to the dark side and is now Palpatine's apprentice because they watched that security footage I'm so sorry I'm thinking about the scene where he tells Madme that um (laughs) it's not funny it's really not but the scene (laughs) I'm so sorry. The scene where where Obi-Wan tells Padme that they have found security footage of Anakin killing younglings and he's like covering his mouth. Anyway, so off topic. 
this is sad this is really sad guys um Mm -hmm. and I would never laugh um (laughs) so they see this footage of like Anakin becoming or like becoming Palpatine's new apprentice and then he's like hey Yoda please do not make me go after Anakin because I cannot kill him and Yoda's like that's too bad because there's two of us and you're not strong enough to fight Palpatine which like to be fair he's right like I don't think I think Obi-Wan at this point like could not have gone up against Palpatine and stood a chance in the way that Yoda did but like damn now he has to go fight his literal brother um who he knows is slowly turning to the dark side and or has been slowly turning dark side and now is um and this is when I bring up a quote from the Revenge of the Sith novelization. Um, this is a quote from when in the book Obi-Wan like sees or finds out that Anakin is Palpatine's new apprentice. And the quote says, Obi-Wan staring wished that he had the strength to rip his eyes out of his head, but even blind, he would see this forever. He would see his friend, his student, his brother turn and kneel in front of a black cloaked Lord of the Sith. And I just love when it says his friend, his student, his brother. Because, like, so true. They were literally best friends and brothers, and Anakin was his student, and he it was his job to train Anakin, and he now sees, or he now believes that he's failed at that because of where Anakin has ended up. This is when he goes to Mustafar. Like, he knows that Anakin has been turned, but he doesn't really believe it until he's face-to-face with Anakin, and Anakin is, like, ready to fight him um and I think that is the moment where Obi-Wan's like where it becomes real to him where it's not just like this thing that he knows to be true but it's something that he's actually seeing firsthand like the effects of everything that Palpatine has like told Anakin and everything that Anakin himself has done comes like like hits Obi-Wan in the face when he arrives on Mustafar and sees Anakin there I don't want to talk about this fight actually I'll cry Obi-Wan goes to Mustafar, as does Padme Amidala, slay, but not really, because she is about to die. Slay, but not really, because why the original, the original, where she, mm, where she goes to kill him. I knew she wouldn't have, but. Like, I know it'd be out of character, but like, it would be such a girl boss move. But also, like, let's give Padme Amidala some agency, just a bit, just a bit. Also, when we get to that scene um, where they like first, you know, all are there and interact, I think it was Camilla who pointed this out. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, Anakin, sir, one, violence against women, please stop that. Please stop that. You're disgusting for it. Misogyny Why are you choking again. Anme Amidala? Like, that's really not okay at all. But Mr. Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you just standing there? Why are you just standing there doing nothing? Excuse oh, he's me. literally like, let her go. Girly, the force. Your lightsaber. Your little hands. You're the Jedi. Like, Natalie Portman, love you to death. You're literally everything. That woman is small. And when you, you put her next to Hayden Christensen, who's like a very <laughs> tall, strong, like, built man, I can't. I literally can't. That's so it's like I didn't even ugh, hate hate that I you know someone who was born a woman has been in society like perceived as society as a woman didn't even like notice it until Camilla brought it up on TikTok but then but then I was like hey wait 
hey wait actually that's the problem is the fact that I didn't notice it yeah. um and yeah so Obi-Wan Kenobi love you but also maybe hate you for just that moment and then this is when they have their little argument where Anakin's like I have bought peace freedom we all know it we all know it um but more importantly I can't believe I'm about to quote this novel again it's just so good but I think one of my favorites actually um is this quote that says this was not Sith against Jedi this was not light against dark or good against evil it had nothing to do with duty or philosophy religion or morals it was Anakin against Obi-Wan personally just the two of them and the damage they had done to each other what a line what a line because so true yeah when are we gonna get a canon revenge of the sith novelization yeah because this book truly like i cannot recommend it enough it's just like beautiful writing because it's a story that you know already so i'm not like oh i'm gonna read this to like find out what happens but like lines like that are you kidding me like i had to read that with my own brain and like continue on with my life afterward so bad for me anyway um and then they fight and I like scream and cry because poor Obi-Wan do you want we should sort of tally of how many times I've said poor Obi-Wan in this episode fulcrum transmissions drinking came every time someone says poor Obi-Wan something about this fight other than it being like super awesome uh and like very aesthetically pleasing is the fact that uh Obi-Wan wins, not because he's necessarily more powerful than Anakin, but because he knows Anakin so well. Uh, and that is why he ends up surviving. He ends up winning the fight in in a way, meaning he thought he killed Anakin. I would really like to know what his reaction was when he found out that Anakin was not actually dead. No be serious. <laughs> I have seen people taking that one clip at the end that's just Obi-Wan's like face and being like what if this was when he found out and I was like what if it wasn't though because I can't (laughs) (laughs) yeah I completely agree like if you're going just based on like pure strength or like dueling ability Anakin could outmatch Obi-Wan but he loses and yeah Obi-Wan thinks he's dead um and also this gets talked about a little bit in the Ahsoka novel um, in the literal like singular chapter that is about Obi-Wan but it's such a good chapter it's one of those little like middle chapters some of them are like Clone Wars flashbacks some of them are like different characters but the Obi-Wan one is very good because um, it's basically him sitting in his little hut on Tatooine and meditating um, and also like reflecting on everything that has gone wrong basically um, and there is a line along the lines of like and whatever was le- if there was anything left of Anakin it had all been like taken by the darkness so there wasn't anything left of like the Anakin that Obi-Wan knew um and so yeah like you're saying I would love to see the moment where he realizes that Anakin is not actually dead because I feel like it's kind of complicated because he never wanted to kill Anakin but like it came to a point where like he literally didn't have a choice but also like it would be such a conflicting feeling to know that a person you love so much like survived which in theory would be a good thing, but he's not really the same and he's doing these terrible things and like it would be better for the galaxy as a whole if he was dead. That's really sad. I think that, um, so I'm thinking about 
uh, Trilla again, but I promise this time it's actually relevant. Thinking about <laughs> Trilla and Seer um, and how after Trilla did become an inquisitor, turned to the dark side and uh, carried out the genocide of her own people, just like Anakin did. Uh, I think that the reaction that Seer had was very, she pretty much just was like, she's dead. She is dead. She even told Cal Kestis, like, oh, my Padawan died. Uh, because to her, the Trilla that she knew was dead uh, and was never coming back. And I think that there is a bit of a difference there with Steer and with Obi-Wan is Obi-Wan, while he knows that Anakin is no longer the same person uh, as Vader, or I mean, they're the same person, but he will never be the Anakin that Obi-Wan knew as a kid. Um, but he also has so much hope in the in the galaxy and with everything, whereas Sarah, she lost a lot of her hope and a lot of her, uh, she was, she turned very cynical until she, you know, found another purpose, which was finding four sensitive kids. However, Obi-Wan was there when Padme died. He heard her say there's still good in him. And I feel like a, a part of that must have rung true for him. Because even when they meet again in A New Hope, you know, he wasn't even really trying to kill Vader. I, I know he knew he that, that he couldn't. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying, but I'm sure it was really intelligent. I think I got my point across. I'm also thinking about the Ahsoka novel again, but um, Obi-Wan does say that he went to Shmi Skywalker's grave to apologize for, quote, losing her son. Interesting wording there. Um, and the fact that, like, he... Did, he didn't even know Shmi Skywalker, but he made a promise to Qui-Gon to take care of Anakin, and he feels like he let Qui-Gon down, and that's what Obi-Wan's sort of, like, task was, was to train Anakin to be just that, and obviously that's not how things ended up working out for Anakin, so he feels that he's let down Qui-Gon, and he feels that he let down Shmi Skywalker, who trusted the Order and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan with her son. Um, but also he has this moment of conflict where he's like, I stop, I tried to stop Anakin from going back to help his mother, um, because of like non-attachment and like the Jedi aren't supposed to have contact with their families, but he, it's, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something about how like, like Shmi Skywalker, like the, the Jedi and like the light side, quote unquote, should have been the thing to like save her from slavery, but it ended up just being like a one man's kindness and he was like this was the kind of light that the order was supposed to bring and did not but he also says that like he trusted in the light side of the force his whole life and he didn't have any reason to stop now so literally like we were saying this last week how he never like turns to darkness despite everything that's happened to him now at the point where he has lost literally everything he's still like but there's no reason for me to stop following the light side of the force and once again, that is, like, the strength of Obi-Wan's character is that he never loses his hope or, like, his faith or his belief in the fact that, like, like you said, like, when Padme says this, there is good in him line, like, that does ring true to Obi-Wan because he really does believe that there is still good in the galaxy as a whole. Um, even now when, like, the Empire is in control and there are Inquisitors hunting down Jedi and 
he's lost everyone and most like most of the other Jedi are dead most of the clones he served with are dead everything is really bad right now but uh, but Obi-Wan is like if I can just look after Luke and train him when he's old enough if he has Anakin's abilities then maybe it'll be okay and that's what's like propelling him through this really dark time is the hope that things will be okay and that Luke will be the chosen one and this also goes back to what we're saying of like him telling Maul that Luke is the chosen one but that's also something that he himself needed to believe and it's what like gets him through this interim period between Revenge of the Sith and when we see him in A New Hope is like holding on to the belief that Luke is going to be what he and what the galaxy needs him to be. Taking it back to our early Fulcrum transmission days, uh, we're going to be playing Guess Who, uh, but with characters that we think or know are going to be in the Kenobi series. Is your character a fascist? Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> a great start. That narrowed it down so much, too. <laughs> um, would I walk up to your character and punch them in the face? I would hope not. I'm like, good thing no one can see the characters that I am moving right now. <laughs> that be embarrassing. Um, would I kiss your character on the mouth? No. Is your character, like, confirmed in Kenobi or unknown? No, okay. they are not confirmed. Now I need to remember who's actually confirmed and who I've just like gaslit myself <laughs> into believing they're going to be there. Is your character, mm, has your character fought Kanan Jarrus? Yeah. Okay, that actually did nothing for me because <laughs> all the characters I have up have fought Kanan Jarrus. If your character showed up in Kenobi, would it be flashback or present day? Flashback. Is your character an inquisitor? Yeah. Is your character a politician? No. What's your <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna guess because I'm down to two. Is it Quizzy? Yeah. I was down between Quizzy and the fifth brother. I have such a strange group left. I'm just gonna guess. Is it Trilla? It is Trilla. I literally had it down to it Rex, Trilla. Trilla, and R2D2, and I was like, how am I supposed <laughs> to narrow it down from here? Was your character in the Clone Wars? Yes. Do you think that your character has kissed Obi-Wan Kenobi on the mouth? Yeah, I feel like that doesn't narrow this down very much. <laughs> Obi-Wan, he's a little slut. I love you. I know, like, he's just kissed so many people. Is your character canonically, like, no Padme Amidala personally? No. Has your character met Leia Organa? No. Would I kiss your character on the mouth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Has your character tried to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi? No. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Nothing, nothing. Okay. Is your character a clone? No. The people that I have up right now most certainly are in a polycule. <laughs> I know it for I know for sure. Is your character married? Yeah. Is yours Quinlan Boss? Yes, it is. <laughs> is yours Ambrew? No. Is it Owen? Yeah. Okay. When you were like, has he tried to kill Obi-Wan? I was like, not physically, but... <laughs> Baru, Owen, Quinlan, and Obi-Wan were the people that I had up. They oh, were true. all on Tatooine at the same time. Yeah, they I, were. Yeah, points are being made. Polygule <laughs> just dropped. I was going to say, have they been on Tatooine? And then I was like, all of them have been on Tatooine at the same time, actually. Thinking about how... Baru and Owen were the ones who wanted, who made Anakin want to get married. 
Is your person been at any time in a polycule with Obi-Wan Kenobi? No. Okay, that eliminated a lot of people. <laughs> um, has your character ever used the dark side? No. Is your character force sensitive? Yes. Does your character know Padme Amidala? Yeah. Okay, literally everyone I have up knows Padme Amidala. Does Cody know Padme? Good question. Okay, get on that, Star Wars. No, I need Cody and Padme having dinner together and talking about their Jedi boyfriends. That's actually exactly what I think I need right now. Did your character ever appear in Rebels? Yes. Is your character a senator? No. Did your character die in Rebels? (laughs) No. Did your character fight in the Clone Wars? No. I'm just going to guess. Is it Ahsoka? It is. Okay. You were like, they didn't die in Rebels. And I was like, okay. okay but she did. But she, she did didn't. die. I wrote a fanfic about She that. also I'm died right. in the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, so And good. poor Kate and Lardy, who's her girlfriend at the time of Rebels, who had to Ugh. deal with that. <laughs> so sad. Wait, who is yours? Raya. If your character, like, got down on one knee and proposed to you right now, would you say yes? <laughs> I think I would. I really didn't eliminate. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely not. Would your character get into like a scandal? Would they get into a huge scandal? Like hollow net wide? Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway, have we watched your character die on screen? Yeah. Has your character been to Tatooine on screen? Yeah. Was your character, like, seen in the original trilogy? No. Is your character human? Yeah. Mm. Has your character ever been a villain? No. Is your character undoubtedly a girl boss? No. (laughs) I have two people, and I don't think either one of these is going to be right. Was your character a senator? Yes. Is your character Anakin Skywalker? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Who was the other one you had loved? (laughs) Obi-Wan. Anakin would get in a scandal. He would. Yeah. Is it Padme? No. Is it Bail? Yeah. <laughs> so true. I would marry Bail or I'll join the Bail Brea. Yeah. yeah. Obi-Wan. Probably. Cody by extension. So true. Satine. I feel like by everyone by extension. Ventress <laughs> and Quinlan. Quinlan. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like never have I wanted to be a part of a polycule more than like Quinlan Ventress Obi-Wan. So true. Thinking about Quinlan Voss and how he managed to insult Obi-Wan and compliment Cody in the same sentence. So true. So iconic of him. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Once again, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode.